Welcome to the Listen, Talk, Heal podcast, where we talk with members of the University of Toronto community about their experiences during the pandemic and how we as a community can recover together. I'm Kim Lin, a fourth year undergraduate student studying computer science, statistics, and psychology. And I'm Tony, a recent U of T graduate who studied mathematics, cognitive sciences, and statistics, and we are your co-hosts. And in today's episode, we will be speaking with Effie. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, Effie? Um, so I'm going to introduce myself. I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. 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 Yeah, just your typical Monday, I suppose. Um, yeah, so um, hi, everyone. My name's Effie. Um, to introduce myself, I use uh, pronouns she, her. I'm also a recent graduate. Um, double majoring in sociology and critical studies in equity and solidarity or short form equity studies at the University of Toronto. So I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm also a domestic student and I identify as a cisgendered Asian female. So I guess that's the introduction. Great, thank you. It's lovely. So I guess we'll, we'll go to our first question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, since last year was online, how was online school for you? Okay, so online school for me, um, personally, overall, was a pretty valuable learning experience. Um, given that it had its difficulties, um, personally, I had a pretty, like, fairly positive outlook. You know, as a person, I, try, I tend to look at the brighter side of things. So even though there were some challenges that I knew that were going to be um, coming up, I just kind of took it on and was like, we'll just work with it. We'll have to adapt and then we'll overcome it um, throughout the year. Um, and definitely as a social science student um, studying at U of T, it was uh, pretty different, uh, I guess, with the online format. Uh, there was a lot of uh, changes, especially with the classes I had to take and also how professors um, schedule their individual courses. So that was a bit of an adjustment period, but overall, I think it was a fairly good experience, um, despite it being online and on Zoom. So, yeah. That's great to hear. Did you feel isolated at any point, and how did you connect with others in the online environment? Um, so, I suppose initially when the pandemic started around in March 2020, I was actually still living with my roommate in downtown Toronto. So I didn't feel that isolated in comparison to maybe how others felt. I think there were certainly aspects of like, oh, I couldn't see my friends or I couldn't really talk to one, talk to anyone outside of my family or the people I was already living with at the time. Um, so I felt like initially I was like kind of shocked about that, but um, at the time, no one knew that we were going to enter a quarantine period that will last about two years. So I think at the time it was kind of like the whole situation of around COVID-19 was pretty unpredictable. And um, I would say uh, my feelings of isolation were only towards like, I couldn't see my friends or I couldn't see anyone outside my family, but I personally didn't feel that I was like alone since I already do um, video calls with like friends, you know, who live 
in different parts of the world. So yeah. Great, thank you. Was it hard for you to manage your social life and your courses? Mm, I would say my social life and my courses kind of actually interconnected a lot since at um, in this college where I was at U of T, I had a lot of friends who were a part of um, my extracurriculars, but also I was friends with some people in my courses. So I think that in most of my courses in fourth year, I had at least one person I knew. And if not, like I knew others who were taking similar courses. So um, I didn't feel that isolated, I suppose, with um, people online school. But it was definitely different because online classes, there's a lot more awkward silence when after the professor talks and they're asking a question and no one's answering. So that I had to get used to at first, yeah. And what about your extracurriculars? How did they um, work online? Yeah, my extracurriculars. So I ran a choir along with my co-director. Um, I guess FYI, it was also with Tony. So uh, it was a pretty interesting experience. I think initially um, we were kind of scared but also nervous but also excited about how we were going to approach um, the challenges of planning a virtual choir. Um, it's never really been done before at least at that we knew so at the same time it was like let's take on this challenge and see what we can come up with and I feel like you know with uh, despite all these um, different things like managing like you know the technological technological side of things like how it was going to work like was it going to be on zoom or was it going to be you know where is it going to be recorded and, and all that and um, working through all the kinks with you know like what schedule works with all the students you know where are people situated um, during COVID you know some folks were not in Canada or Toronto when um, the pandemic was happening. So we had to kind of work with other schedules. But in the end, I think extracurriculars and uh, my academics were balanced out pretty good with the exception of like some stressful periods when there were a lot of assignments. Great, that was interesting. So how did it go? How did choir go? Since you, you, you always had like classes online and you had choir also online. How did you deal with that? Yeah, so... I would say that during COVID-19, my academics definitely took more of a priority since it was, um, the changes were very, uh, I had to be gradual, like I had to get used to kind of like managing my workload and the amount of classes I was taking um, was and high, as a social science student, it's there's a lot of readings and a lot of essay assignments. So it's kind of different than if someone were in STEM or sciences or business where, you know, you may, you may have, you know, one assignment, uh, like a lot of assignments in one week and then just not have to do anything the next week. Like it could vary. Um, but yeah, social science students have to constantly and humanity science, uh, humanities students too also have to continuously read, do essays. And it's kind of like a longer process. So it's really about kind of like which degree or which like courses you were taking. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of how it worked out. And for choir, it was like, it happened at the end of every week on Fridays. So it was kind of like a nice 
like, oh, like I look forward to, you know, doing this with the choir and like I look for it was something to look forward to I as sort of in during the week but at times when we had to set deadlines for like um recordings for so we could put it together for the concert that took a bit of time to schedule and we had to make sure that um our members were like getting those recordings in on time but at the same time we made sure to have a bit of a uh, room for flexibility and uh, not to really stress us out, but also not to stress anyone else out. So yeah, that's how it worked. Great, thank you for the answer. Um, was it hard for you to stay motivated since you, you always have to like stay at home in front of your computer for both mm -hmm. of the courses and the choir that you mentioned? Um, yeah, I think it was difficult at times to really balance school and social life, especially when assignments or midterm seasons uh, were coming up. Um, I think it was because I normally could would be able to meet up with friends, you know, during the down periods um, when we I didn't have too many assignments, and you know we could like relax and hang out that way. But since you know everything was online and we couldn't meet up in person, it was kind of like it. Uh, my academic and social life had to kind of blend in together because it was spent more virtually online you know through video calls and I definitely everyone had different schedules you know like I when it was busy period for me it wouldn't necessarily be a busy period for someone else so they'd be more inclined to message me on social media and be like hey like you want to do something you know on this day and I'm like oh sorry I can't I have to like do this assignment and whatnot so I, I did feel like um, maybe other people felt like I wasn't socially available at times, but I tried my best to make time for that and like respond appropriately to messages and while at the same time making sure that I was focusing on school and not falling behind on my readings. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So what would you and your friends do um, if you were, you were to have some sort of a thing online? Yeah, um, definitely. I think because I had um, friends at U of T or at his college already who I was doing extracurriculars with. So I guess when we were doing some of our extracurriculars or we attended like social events, it would already feel like, you know, we were like already hanging out. But at these uh, events, there would be some like trivia games or there would be like draw battles or um, I'm thinking here, um, I believe we had some things like we, some folks had like arts and crafts sessions, we had um, origami sessions if I remember as well, and uh, we had you know, music oriented things as well like besides from choir we have like karaoke sessions I believe like sometime in the beginning of the year around orientation so yeah I think that's kind of what we did what we could do virtually was anything game wise that we could do online that was not uh, centered around school work yeah great so how do you find out like games where do you find those kind of things um I suppose even before the pandemic happened like I had people around me who knew about games and like played games a lot so we've already tried them out before and I guess during the pandemic it was just more of a it was an easier way to like kind of transition into finding out more games and even during the pandemic I think a lot of apps and a lot of different formats of games came out 
uh, because people were like itching to find like, oh, what can we do during the pandemic, but not feel so bored just talking to each other. Like, you know, I think a lot of people also turn to like Netflix party or like Disney plus and like, you know, like a lot of like movie sessions, I think was a good way to like stay engaged because people could talk to each other while also, you know, looking at a movie together. So it was kind of like going to the cinemas, but like, I guess virtually. Great. So if you were to go back last year, what else would you have hoped for? Like something that you, you could be a part of? Is there a, like a way, is there a way that you would kind of to get these kind of things? Um, so if it happened in person, you mean? or uh, Online, like if it was still mm-hmm. online, if you could go back last year, is there some other ways that you would hoped for? Like you could get uh, ways to engage with your friends? Mm. I definitely think uh, what we could have done better besides, you know, finding all these like neat kind of like games and activities to do is maybe try and find activities that weren't necessarily always online. Like we could play like virtually because, you know, everyone has their different preferences and what they want to do. You know, some folks like to, you know, do games offline, like board games, especially, but sometimes board games don't work as well virtually than they do in person so I definitely think finding some ground and like hey let's do an activity but like maybe not something that requires us to stare at a screen like maybe let's do something that's more tactile something that's more craft based if you like to do crafts so that way it was like interesting and kind of rememberable for anyone involved in the process and yet at the same time, it, it made you feel somewhat productive and not like you're just sitting there doing nothing. I hope that answers the, that question. Um, I'm not sure if you want to follow up or that. Okay, and how did you deal with the cycle of burnout from having online school for over a year? So I think previously when I was in person I did I was involved in a student council but I decided not to take up that position since I knew that there are going to be separate challenges that came my way during COVID-19. Um, I think personally um, I was fortunate enough to have a roommate I was living with at the time that I could share my thoughts with like when I was doing online learning and they would vice versa do that as well with me and getting that help with like brainstorming for essays is really important and I think it kind of benefited both of us because if we lived at home with our families I don't think we would have felt as productive academically and also socially it was a good way for us to like bond and stuff like that um some advice I would think to deal with like cycles of burnout is really finding out uh taking some time to find out what works for you like truly what works for you in a way that makes your academic and social life productive and makes you more fulfilled uh, because you know I know that some folks may have uh taken less academic courses because they felt like they couldn't handle um, a full course load during the pandemic, which is totally understandable. And some folks had to reprioritize their um, social activities um, due to the pandemic or the nature of the pandemic. So yeah, I found that um, just taking the time to really uh, like try and find out what works out for you during the pandemic or at least during virtual school would really help you 
um, organize your own thoughts and really organize your time, especially when everything bleeds together um, during the pandemic. Like you kind of like go through the week and it's just like, it flies by really fast. Great. So if you don't mind me asking, what has worked for you? For me, um, I would say that one tip I have is to really designate a workspace in the place you're currently living at, you know, whether this is in a house or this is in an apartment. Um, it's important to kind of have a space where you have less distractions or it's relatively quiet, you know, and everyone has uh, different learning styles and like kind of different, um, you know, uh, work environments they prefer when they're studying. Um, I feel like having a space where you know, like, okay, this is my workspace. It's really good for folks who may have trouble focusing when they're working or also like uh, folks who don't like disturbing noises when they're studying as well. Um, I think that's really important. Um, finding that this uh, workspace is has to be like somewhere where you feel comfortable and like somewhere where you can like actually do work for a long period longer period of time and then after you finish the work go somewhere else in the house apartment wherever like somewhere that's safe and um somewhere that you know you're not like you know hanging around people obviously during the pandemic but yeah someplace where you can actually like breathe have room to like relax do activities or hobbies you like um so that way your brain kind of associates like okay one place is for work but other places are like for relaxation so that way you kind of have this idea of like okay let's it's time to do this and it's time to do that you know for your brain to kind of manage that time and also manage like how to how to distinguish your state of mind great advice Afi mm -hmm. so now let's step back from online school and talk about social justice since that's your background right mm-hmm how has the pandemic affected your view on social justice issues, including like housing and homelessness, as well as the BIPOC racial issues? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as someone who studies sociology and equity studies, it's definitely something that came up in class. And personally, I think the pandemic has revealed many gaps within existing social justice issues especially with housing and homelessness has been more precarious, um, especially with more marginalized communities being pushed further into the margins. Um, for example, the city of Toronto has enforced certain bylaws to manage the population of tent encampments in public parks um, between certain hours of the day. Um, and these have been used by authorities to enforce these rules and it results in a lot of displacement of uh, people, um, they're being evicted and even losing their homes. You know, these may be people who have financial difficulties um, that they have faced, like maybe a little bit before the pandemic and were greatly affected by the outcome of the pandemic. So it just leaves the homeless population more vulnerable to consequences like living in colder seasons without warm shelter. And also it prevents the lack of safety from the spread of COVID-19. And if I'm gonna touch on BIPOC racial issues, I think they're extremely important to um, be aware of because our communities cannot thrive if we have to fight 
and justify reasons for our survival. Um, the fact that during the pandemic, many folks had to go out on the streets and help and, you know, do like give care packages, but at the same time perform activism. Um, not just perform activism, but live and, you know, do activism, you know, as, as an activity was already, it just was more stressful or like it, it provided more challenges than it would have been if it wasn't for the pandemic. So every community, you know, has their own kind of respective issues they had to fight for and believe in. But at the same time, I want to stress that everyone has to work together in order to kind of dismantle the current colonial and discriminatory system that permeates our like political, social, and cultural society. Yeah. Great, thank you for the answer. That was very informative. I would like just to go back on the first thing that you talked about. You mentioned something about a bylaw. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know like why did they uh, put up such a bylaw and do you, do you know like why? <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, um, if I'm gonna touch on it briefly and I'm sure if you search up about it, you can find out, but from what I know, um, so in the city of Toronto specifically, since COVID-19 has happened, there have been an increased amount of, you know, homeless population, um, and they have become more visible because, um, usually they, you know, people may not realize that there are a lot of homeless people around them, but in Toronto, homelessness is an issue, and especially in the downtown core, um, and the outskirts of downtown, there are a lot of like tent encampments, you know, example like Trinity Bellwoods or Moss Park. Um, there are a lot of uh, BIPOC people that also are there as well. Um, some of them uh, also experience, there's a lot of like different things like, um, like they're trying to have like uh, organizations have like harm reduction programs for people for substance abuse. So, you know, on top of um, all these issues, um, the bylaw has passed um, in Toronto for tent encampments, uh, or at least for people to not set up tents between the hours of like somewhere in the evening to like the morning. So essentially nighttime is when they cannot set uh, tents in public parks, for example, like at Queen's Park. So there's, it's like a certain hour, I forget um, which hours it is, but it's somewhere in the range of like probably maybe like 12 a.m. to 5 a.m., like somewhere in that period. Yeah. Great, great, thank you. Mm -hmm. Now I want to go back to the second thing that we were talking about, the BIPOC. Has this affected you personally? Um, so for me personally, no, I didn't experience any um, uh, forms of racism or anything towards me because I know there was a lot of um, issues around kind of um, Black, Indigenous, queer communities, uh, but also Asian hate uh, during COVID-19. Um, and I heard a, lo about, a lot about incidents, but I personally never experienced them. Um, I think in my situation, it could be unique because almost everyone around me is kind of, you know, they identify as within the Asian uh, community. So I felt like I 
felt safe in the places where I lived. I didn't feel any, uh, and I didn't really go anywhere where I didn't feel safe. And even if I was outside, um, I felt like I was relatively safe uh, with the people I had around me. So I did not feel any uh, racial discrimination on my part, but yeah. Thank you. Do you do you want to talk about like what do you think that can be done to help with the Asian hate things that that went on uh, last year? Mm, I definitely urge um, folks to do their own research and really educate themselves on kind of like the historical roots of what has happened, not just what we can do currently, but really try and understand the history of how these issues happened in wherever places you live, like especially in Canada and the United States. Um, there's just a lot of uh, history rooted in like the Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, there's also kind of a lot of um, things about, um, you know, uh, decreased employment opportunities for these folks on top of, you know, racial discrimination. So I really urge people to seek out resources, you know, social media, websites, and really try and learn what they could do in their communities to help, you know, whether that's through volunteering or that's through donating or through just showing that you understand how these problems affect the you and people around them, especially around like realizing uh, what privileges you have and keeping that in check and making sure that you are doing your part in raising voices uh, that are um, the activists in, in these communities as well. Um, and just paying attention to what's going on around you, even if it's minimal. You should at least know what's going on in the current news. Yeah. Great. And has like seeing these issues affected your mental health? And do you think it's important to talk about mental health during COVID? Yeah, I think it definitely it does affect mental health for sure. Um, I would be lying if it's if I would say that if you experience some form of trauma through racial discrimination that it wouldn't affect your mental health because they're very much interconnected you know you could have you know you could be going about your day and then something happens when you're out buying groceries or something happens when you're just walking out on the street and that could really kind of throw off your entire day and without uh, someone to talk to or resources to refer to, I think it'd be you know, really difficult for yourself to have these experiences accumulate, but not have any outlet to turn to. So I really definitely think that mental health is extremely important to talk to, even more so during the pandemic, because there are just different layers and different um, challenges that come with the environment that COVID-19 has brought us like we are ever we are so um we are more isolated from each other you know physically but also maybe socially because of our lack of interaction with one another and so I found that a lot of um when I was doing I was doing a research project on student activism during COVID-19 and in my course I also found that the people I spoke to that um, activist communities also 
um, really needed spaces to like kind of unwind and like celebrate their so-called like their victories that they had in their events you know whether it was like oh they went on a march or like they you know talked to people in other organizations and like you know had action that was like meaningful and impactful in the community but because of the lack of like social interaction they had like they couldn't they didn't feel as um rewarded in the usual way they do so it was kind of like burnout so a little bit of um that and yeah that it's ever so more the important reason to talk about mental health because it's just it's not good to keep things to yourself you should at least have some way of outletting it whether you want to talk to someone or you can even write it down i think that's good and what was um taking care of your own mental health like did you access any resources so yeah, I personally didn't uh, access any resources. I I think that uh, I was I was close to having to accessing um, like at websites like BetterHelp just because I think virtual therapy is an option for um, folks if you. Um, well, obviously, during the pandemic, it's it's a very viable option. But um, if you just don't feel like going to a physical place is accessible to you, I think virtual therapy sessions can help. I think it's just a matter of like I had to just kind of figure out like what was going on, like what was affecting me, and like what I could do, you know, besides therapy or like besides seeking out resources that could help. And I find that it was just, I, I had to kind of separate like my social life and my academics and like my own personal life together and just like work on those individually. And then it just became less stressful when I could understand what was going on. So I just had a lot of self-reflection a lot of writing. Um, I think that, that personally helped me, but also talking to friends um, who were experiencing very similar things, I think also helped. So we kind of like helped each other out during the whole pandemic. Great. And did you get COVID-19 and how did you keep safe like during the pandemic? Yeah, so during I know, so I did not get COVID-19. I managed to stay safe with my whole family um, during the whole quarantine period up until now. Um, so when COVID numbers were higher, um, we kind of made it a rule in our household to not go out unless it was extremely necessary. Um, so we had, my mom was the one who was designated to go out to get groceries um, and my dad stopped going to work for a while so this happened like for on and off for a couple of months so we've been relatively safe to stay in our own bubble and we didn't have to meet up with anyone and if we did we would have to like we would like go through with like proper sanitation and also like wear masks while being socially distanced so we kept safe with that yeah. and do you have any interesting stories to share um i wouldn't say interesting stories to share um but and something personal that happened to me was unfortunately my grandparents that were living in the states contracted COVID-19 and they both passed away in February 2021 so experiencing 
um, family members and also friends who contracted COVID but did not uh, were are fully recovered now. I think it really uh, puts things into perspective. Like, you know, on top of like taking care of your mental health, taking care of your family, taking care of your academics, you know, with the added um, experience of uh, experiencing grief from apart from those who passed away, I think um, is something that I think if you are in that position, you will be able to understand. Like if you don't have someone who passed, if you didn't um, experience anyone close to you, who had COVID and passed away? I think it's a very, it's a very, um, it's a very unique experience. But it's definitely something that needs to be kind of talked about. And I think it really puts into perspective how serious COVID nineteen is, especially for elderly and younger people who have um, weaker immune systems. Um, I think. I just personally had to um, take some time off, like, you know, for, you know, at least a week to kind of regain um, my mental energy and my strength to kind of keep going with the semester. But at the end, it was, it was okay. Um, you know, our family is, is good. Um, we just had to, you know, um, look on the brighter side of things and like really just focus on doing what we could because there was nothing we could do um to really uh go, we couldn't go to the states you know we couldn't you know do anything like that so you know my condolences and my heartfelt um wishes for anyone like out there who is experiencing um family members or close friends who are affected by COVID-19 yeah I'm so sorry to hear about your loss um, despite all the negative effects of COVID-19, are there any ways that have benefited you? Yeah, I definitely think um, during the pandemic, you know, with its downsides, there comes a lot of upsides to it. I think depending on your outlook, um, there was a lot of time for people to really reflect on, uh, you know, what they wanted to do or like what they couldn't have done so I have a lot of people around me who took up hobbies I never thought they would but they did and they thoroughly enjoyed it and I think it's, it's a, it was like a good time to like really like a lot of people online I I saw and for me myself too like I worked like I actually like exercise seriously for the first time in my life and like you know besides you know elementary like high school gym classes like it was actually a time I could take to um work on myself you know whether that's like physically and mentally I think I also had to um you know I had uh friendships that had to come and go um, you know, because everyone had their respective transition periods in their lives. And I think sometimes COVID, you know, really affected how people thought of each other. And, you know, but it, it means that it's like, you know, maybe it's ne not necessarily, you know, your fault. Sometimes things happen in people's lives where you can't predict what's going to happen. So the best you can do is just work on yourself and if you meet people and you have people along the way that support you, then that's great. But, you know, you don't need to always be like, oh, like, 
the pandemic has affected my social life and like I can't do anything about it no you can do something about it it's just a matter of changing your perspective and um kind of overcoming your fears in a way like your thoughts like don't be trapped in your own thoughts you have to think outside the box a little bit great thank you now are you coming back to campus or did you graduate oh as i mentioned before i'm a recent graduate so no i'm not coming back um, on campus although i would love to visit when in-person things are up and ready um yeah great so you graduated online so what was that like for you the online graduation was a very interesting experience. It was good for the most part. I was really happy to see like my friends and the staff at Indus College at the reception after the initial UFT convocation. Um, but yeah, in terms of my celebration, I just kind of was sharing moments on social media. And I guess I had a little fun photo shoot in my backyard with my gown and diploma. So that's what I did. Great, that sounds a lot of fun. Um, do you have any plans for after graduation? Um, so yeah, so my plans right now is to um, just job search and also volunteering at like nonprofit organizations to gain more work experience in the hopes that um, in the next year, I'll be able to pursue graduate studies and social work. That is very interesting. So how was that like for you? How's your job search? Um, I think definitely during COVID-19, I guess like the beginning of it, um, like I would say in from March 2020 to like um, December 2021 there were, or 2020, yeah, basically the jobs out there were on hold and even volunteer positions were very much on hold or canceled for the time being. I think after um, the school year started like in September 2020 to like maybe the earlier 2021 like definitely more positions started opening up opening up back again um so yeah i think the job search so far for me personally has been okay it's just been a lot of applying waiting not really hearing anything um but i'm not discouraged um i just have to keep trying and if i don't get you know, like paid work experience i think volunteering options uh, volunteering positions are good especially for what i'm planning to do so yeah Great. Would you go back to work if you were asked to, or would you want to stay at home and work from home for a while? Yeah, if I had the choice to, I think remote work would definitely be uh, an option, uh, just because I feel safer working from home um, if I'm able to. But given the nature of the kind of work I want to pursue, I may or may not have to uh, choose to like go to work in person for like a few days, but I think a lot of um, organizations or companies or um, employers are looking for people who want to go fully in person, but obviously there's not a lot of people out there maybe that want to do that um, just yet, just because I think the numbers now in Toronto are getting better. So I think it's definitely an option now. Like I would be okay going in person depending on what um, the position is. Great, thank you. Um, now, I think this might be our last question for you. Would mm -hmm. you ever consider um, going back to school? Do they going back to school? Yeah. Uh, like in person? 
Yeah, would you go back to school after you work for a while or is that part, part of your plan? Yeah, 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 that's definitely part of my plan. I think um, because with what I was studying, um, I personally tried to uh, have get more research positions and like really get that hands-on experience um, because my program does not have any like uh, co-op or like PEY like placement um, options as much as other um, degrees or programs do. Um, or other institutions. Um, so I felt like after graduation, I just needed to obtain that experience. And also I wasn't really prepared mentally and uh, yeah, mentally for uh, grad school, uh, graduate school applications. So now I actually have the time to like think about where I want to apply and uh, get ready for applications this coming fall if I want to apply anywhere. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you so much. Do you have any last words for us? Um, not really, but I just wish that anyone who's listening to the podcast, uh, best luck on their endeavors. And that hopefully when COVID-19 numbers are better, um, we'll be able to see each other again. That would be lovely. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Effie. That's it for today. Lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Kimlin. Thank you. That's it for today. And as always, wash your hands. Stay hydrated. Stay active. Love yourself. And most importantly, tune in to our Listen, Talk, Heal podcast.